This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. Our guests share tips that help anyone who loves a book, whether you are a librarian, bookseller, author, or publisher. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across several industries. Today's guest, Science Racks, and so do Jennifer Swanson's books. She is the award-winning author of over 45 nonfiction books for children, mostly about science and technology. A self-professed science geek, which I would beg to differ, (laughs) Jennifer is always on the hunt to learn something new. How do submarines stay submerged? How do satellites work? Why do bed bugs live in beds? She has been a featured speaker at the Tuscan Book Festival, National NSTA Conferences, the Highlights Foundation, the World Science Festival, the Atlanta Science Festival, and the Library of Congress's National Book Festival in 2019, right before the world changed. Yes. (laughs) You can find Jennifer through her website, and we will connect her website, jenniferswansonbooks.com, to the show notes. So welcome to the show. My name's Maria. It's nice to have you, Jennifer. Hi, Maria. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So what do you define as a geek? What do, what do you think um, geek really is? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many different ways. I just, I love science. So, um, and, and if you've heard my background or read some about it, I started a science club when I was seven in my garage. I laughed out loud um, when I was reading yeah. that. I thought that was awesome. And I got all my neighborhood kid friends to be in my science club. We had, um, if you can, if people can remember that far, the milk the um, wooden milk crates those Uh we had those in our garage and those were where we sat and also where we kept our you know amazing treasures so I've loved science I'm many many years away from that Um, but I've loved science my whole life so I guess I'm a geek aficionado whatever word you want to use so you've been writing books I mean you have 45 over 45 titles that's a lot of books was -hmm. there something that you did um, from high school before writing books was there something in between Um, so I've always kept journals, which I think a lot of us writers do, right? Like, but maybe, I mean, I never imagined myself as an author one day, although I'm a huge reader. Um, so I thought that that was cool. So I have, um, I went to college at the United States Naval Academy and I have a degree in chemistry. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, further went on, I have a master's degree in K-8 science education, and my day job, quote unquote, is I'm a science instructor at Johns Hopkins University Center for Talented Youth, so I'm a middle school science teacher. Um, I teach online. Um, We were doing virtual way before everyone had to do virtual. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I guess you could say I kind of, it supports both things, right? Like I, I write science books, and then I also kind of live science. Yeah. You practice what you preach. Truly you are. Yes. In your day to day. That's amazing. Well, let's jump in because I think that, um, one of the things, you know, that has been really, I say, I would say called for in the industry is books that are focused around STEM and -hmm. you really, um, you know, brought those to life. They're part of the curriculum in schools now, and we need them for children at many different levels. So tell us a little bit about those books and how you're, how you're able to, through those books, get kids curious about science and engineering. 
Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> um, so I write for the older reader, what what we in the industry call middle grade. So which is really kind of starts at third grade and up. So yeah. it's for kids eight to twelve. Um, although I do have my first picture book coming out this year. Um, but my passion is for older readers because I was that kid. I was the kid that read the encyclopedia and asked lots and lots of questions and started reading. You know, back then there wasn't a whole lot of middle grade books. So I started reading adult books when I was probably mm -hmm. 11 or 12. Um, but I like to give kids a little more information, like answer some of the deeper questions that they have. So like some of the topics that, um, that I have for my books are astronaut aquanaut how space science and sea science interact. And it's a question. I'd love to pose science as a compare and contrast. Like, did you know that going down deep into the ocean actually helps you train for going into space? I did not. Right, <laughs> big questions like this. This is one of the cool things. I have another book called Save the Crash Test Dummies, which is all about, right, which is all about the history of car safety engineering. Now, if I first told you the book was about the history of car safety engineering, I'd probably get a look like, wah, wah. Uh, right, like, sure, I'm going to read that. Now, if I tell you it's told through the eyes sort of of a crash test dummy. So cool. As, right? So that's the key to getting science and STEM books exciting for kids is you have to find the right entry point and make them fun, exciting, and yeah, add some humor, right? Who doesn't like humor? And exactly. And what is the picture book? Are you allowed to talk about it? Um, yes, it's actually called Footprints Across the Planet. And it takes the reader on a journey through all of these different footprints that have um, happened um, on the earth and talks about the science, the history. And also the, the idea is that every footprint makes an impact on our earth, mm -hmm. even a carbon footprint or a digital footprint. So at the end, I ask kids or the readers, what type of impact do you want to leave behind? Oh my goodness. I love that. And when does it come out? It comes out in June of 2022, and it's with Rycraft Books, which is a really up-and-coming, amazing publisher. Um, they're doing some really awesome things. You know, you mentioned, this is a great segue into our topic today, you mentioned the digital footprint, and that's yes. really what we're talking about today. So we're talking about if you are a writer, an aspiring writer, you don't have to even be published for this conversation to um, make sense for you and to really relate to you. Um, be relevant. You are going to come across as an aspiring writer or a published author, you're going to come across the question, what is my brand and how am I promoting myself? Yes. And there's a lot of buzzwords going around like the word brand and the word platform. So let's dig into this, just like you would with your curious science engaged students. Let's dig into this. Yeah, this is so this is something that we as authors probably struggle with a lot. Like, how do we get our get the word out there about ourselves? Do we need to have a brand and put ourselves kind of into a box or whatever? So there's many different definitions and you can look them up, but typically a brand is all about you and, and what you say, what message you want to get across. And the platform is kind of how you do that. 
So the platform is the digital thing we're talking about. It's websites, it's uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, maybe TikTok. I am not on TikTok, but whatever. <laughs> Go for it, people. I've heard that's making you know big leaps and bounds in the book industry. Um, and and the question is, what do you have to do? And and I think we all struggle with that, right? Like we mm-hmm. we want to be where people can find us, where hopefully people that buy books can find us. Which leads me to a very important point. I'm going to interrupt you. You don't have to be everywhere. No. And that, then I was going to go there. I actually, um, at one, um, SCBWI talk meeting a long time ago, there was an agent who spoke and he said, look, pick one thing on social media and do it very well. And if you can do that one thing very well, then thinking about doing a second thing. But what you don't want to do is five things not well. Mm-hmm. Right? You makes have to so keep it. Sure. Yeah, you have to keep it updated and fresh. And you know, if you have a website that's five years old, that's not good. Or or the last time you posted on Instagram was a year and a half ago. Then close the account. Right. Yeah. Either either decide to work on it or close it because it doesn't look great when you go. I mean, you've done it probably like I've done it. You look up place and you go, oh, okay. I found out about this place. Oh my gosh. That website is like three years old. Are they even still in business? Yes. I've actually messaged someone on Facebook recently. Are you still in business? Because they hadn't posted in years. So, and they didn't get back to me. So I'm not using their services. (laughs) So the answer is probably yes. yes. So, okay. So we talked about the difference between a platform and a brand, but do you think that every author needs a brand or a platform? So if you're distinguishing what a brand is, what do you think? Okay. So I think it's important to have a platform. In other words, you need to have something that gets your information out there. Um, What everybody usually does is a website. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the easiest and it's actually something that most people who are buying books look for first, you know, I mean, parents may be on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff that that's very true. Um, But if they're going to look for you, they're probably going to look for a website first. So that's probably where I would start. And then I have people, I know the next question is going to be, well, I'm not, I'm pre-published or my book isn't out yet. Should I have a website? Sure. Again, have appropriate material on it and keep it updated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then dip your toe into other things. Like, um, it seems like the social media, what's hot changes. Yeah, right? it sure does. I mean, I don't even know. It is TikTok what's big now? I don't, I mean, I don't even know. It's- I think um, we have our interns. We have a couple interns that work for Cardinal Rule Press and they have started a TikTok account for us. Um, and they're seeing a lot of great things happening there. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's really, and I don't know if it's so much for picture book uh, authors and publishers. Right as much as it is for adult novels. So for example, Colleen Hoover wrote a book, It Ends With Us. And this book was published several, several years ago. And it started going viral on TikTok. Wow. And it, um, you know, it's like at the top of the charts now. So I think situations like that have been happening, but you don't hear it so much with the, the uh, middle grade and the young adult and our kind of yeah. books. So, I mean, the other thing I would say, and this is probably a rule you should always use, do whatever you're comfortable with, Mm, right? If you are not a person who wants to be in TikTok, then 
it'll it will come across right it when sure you do well. video yeah you know and same thing for instagram like for me i i like twitter okay Good. i was gonna ask you i was gonna say what's your yep. jam? okay but i i'm twitter i'm at jen swan books that's my my handle actually that's my um you can find me all across instagram and so forth i am not on tiktok um, but that's what I love. It's easy for me to kind of every, you know, throughout the day, I'll just check in and, you know, have a tweet or whatever. Um, I used to do Facebook all the time, but then they kind of changed, you know, with the author Facebook pages. Sometimes you have to promote, like I have 1800 followers on Facebook, but only like 10 people see it. It's crazy. So, so I don't always use that, but some people do. I mean, I use my personal Facebook page. Right? Yeah. Um, and then Instagram, I'm on, I try to be on Instagram three to four times a week, maybe, okay. and, but I'll just do static posts. Whereas there's yeah. some people that do videos and yeah. all of those fun things. So you're so, really, you're again, practicing what you preach. You're doing yeah. what's comfortable for you. And actually Twitter, um, I heard it described as more of like a news feed and information yes. and with your science background. I think that really makes sense for you. Um, I am a lover of all things, color and art. And, um, I'm more of a visionary than I am, you know, when they talk about the different sides of the brain, I'm definitely, is it left, left side of the brain? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, so I've really, my jam, my area is Instagram. That's where I've been hanging out for the last few years. So right. I, I like that you brought that point up. You have to do what's comfortable and you also have to try to figure out where your listeners are, right. The people who are going to purchase the books. Um, right. This is really helpful. This is really, really helpful information. And um, so I want to ask you real quickly, uh, we have listeners here that are aspiring writers, they're writing books, um, and they're thinking about these things. What do you think they should do first? Do you think it's the website? Um, prop, I mean, honestly, I might start on social, you know, social media, like Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a website would be a good start, but if you don't, like, if you're an aspiring writer and you're not published or, you know, pre-published, then the question becomes, what do you put on there? And, and blogs are great, but again, really good. you have to keep up with it. Like you have to have a, you have to have followers and all those kind of things. And other, one other um, social media or a platform that I don't usually use, but I know a lot of people do is Pinterest. Mm. And that's where you can find a lot of teachers and librarians, because from what I understand, the teachers will go there and grab activities. So if you do more activities kind of things. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, that brings up a good question. Can I ask, do your yeah. books come with lesson plans? Do any of the books come with like a reader's guide or lesson plans? A lot of them, what happens is, is, is the publisher will pay to have the um, teacher guides made and the teacher guides are found on the websites. Hint, don't pay for teacher guides. Mm. Go to the author website. They should all be free. Okay. So yeah, I have those there. Um, but again, you, you just kind of need to like, I think Pinterest is great and I tried it. I just, I could not figure out what, how to make myself pertinent right and that's the thing if if you're tr struggling with like okay I should be on this platform but I don't know how to make myself stand out or or how to make then myself even be heard then maybe that's not for you at this moment 
I love that. Right? I think that's great advice. This is great advice. So let's talk before we end today. What's next for you? You have a picture book coming out this year in June. Yes. And is there any, are you currently writing or are you always writing? I am always writing. At the moment, I'm working on two projects, um, one of which I can talk about, one of which I can't, which happens <laughs> a lot with nonfiction. Um, one of the projects that I'm working right now was announced last year. It is a book that I'm co-writing with the amazing Cynthia Levinson called Who Owns the Moon and Other Conundrums of Space. And um, um, yeah, it's uh, Peachtree Publishers bought it. Um, and so the announcement was in PW. We were all excited. And we're working on that right now. So I get to talk to astronauts and experts and scientists. And like, you know, this is my this is my dream. And okay. Cynthia and I are having so much fun working on this book. Um, we can't wait. I, tentative date is sometime mid 2024. We'll see. I mean, you, we all know publishing dates are getting pushed, right? Yeah. So. I just got the chills. I'm, I'm so silly. Like when you yeah. mentioned, like I get to talk to astronauts, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yes. It's really, yes. really neat. All right. Well, we um, will put all these links in the show notes so that people can follow up with you and they can check out your books. Um, you know where to find Jennifer by either going to her social media, Twitter at Jen Swan Books, correct? Correct. Yes. Yep. Or her website and we'll link to everything. But thank you so much, Jennifer. We appreciate your time today. And listeners, we look forward to our next interview, which will air on Tuesday. Until then, think outside of the box and don't be afraid to reach your audience and your listeners in new and creative ways. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for having me, Maria. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.